enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Stacy, and with me is my co-host Monica. Hello, guys. It's the holiday season, and this week we have some very special surprises in store for you. This episode is going to be all Doctor Who, so spoiler warnings in advance for the Doctor Who Christmas special. This week we have a few special guests, so I'll let them go ahead and introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Ashford, and I am very happy to be a part of this crowd at TARDIS here to talk about uh, new Doctor Who. Very nice. So what else What else do you have going on, Ashford? Well, I run this podcast network called Right on Network. That's right, like the Wright Brothers. And we have a couple of podcasts there where we have one called Straight Out of Gallifrey, where we focus on Doctor Who episodes that feature other Time Lords and Time Ladies. I'm old fashioned. Just to give a little <laughs> Missy reference. I love that line. And uh, we have a, a Seinfeld podcast called uh, The Four Who Rule. Kind of play on the three who rule, bring it back to Doctor Who. And we have another one called Feathers and Foes, which is a Birds of Prey podcast, as well as this Cassandra Kane Bad Girl podcast. So I, I love it, and, and I'm just happy to be here, guys. Awesome. I, I'm just so fascinated by that combination, because, like, <laughs> Birds of Prey, Cassandra Kane, Doctor Who, all, and then and Seinfeld. <laughs> I, I, I love that. You know, like when you watch like NBC, they have sports, news, oh, yeah. comedy, drama, whereas most networks, it's like we do all hip hop and there's not a variety. <laughs> so I love that. And I like variety shows like laughing. Yeah, I, I love all those topics. I just thought it was so funny to be like, it's like when it's like, and Helen and our friend Helen is. Here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And while uh, we're on that, this is Riley. Exactly. Hi. Yes. Yeah. I'm Riley Silverman, and I am a comedian and writer. Uh, I am a regular contributor to Sci-Fi Wire's Fangirls section on their site. So I write a lot about um, sci-fi and genre stuff um, from a fairly feminist point of view, um, but with like a humor and a kind of subversive, twisted sense of humor to it. Uh, I also am the host of a currently now un untitled uh, Doctor Who podcast because uh, we parted ways with our network and while we are looking for either a new home or launching independently, we have to change our name as part of the lack of contract with our network. So sick, keep your eye out for a right now untitled Doctor Who podcast that will return. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, uh, I also have a comedy album available called uh, Intimate Apparel. Very nice. So you, we don't know what it's called, but when it's named, you'll find it. Yes. If you follow me on Twitter, which I'll give you at the end of the show when we do plugs, uh, then eventually I'll announce when it has a new home or a new title. Fantastic. And last but certainly not least. Uh, I am Matthew Borky. Uh, by day, I am an analytical chemist. But by night and pretty much every weekend, I'm a full-time nerd. Uh, from comic books to movies, and my biggest hobby is cosplay. I feel um, like... I feel like it's redundant if you say you're an analytical chemist and you're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> They're not exclusive. There are actually quite a few people in my lab that are analytical chemists who ha know nothing about nerd culture. Uh, that's probably I can totally see that, and I see the difference. I'm actually a professor um, of exercise and nutrition science, and biochemistry was oh. my minor. Um, oh, yeah, small a man, world. A, 
a man who speaks my language. Well, probably not nearly to the extent that you do, but I can understand the topics that you're probably. I said I understand nine words in that book. So anyway, so this is why I think it's important to have distinctions in terms like nerd or geek, for example, because like I very much I'm the opposite. I'm like the people. I'm like the opposite of the people in your office, Matt, because. I know a whole lot about Doctor Who and nothing about biochemistry <laughs> Chemistry. and smart things. Yeah. So like I'm yeah. into I'm into geeky things but I'm stupid, which is why I'm a geek. No, 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 no. Same no, no. Here, and stupid's not the right word, but me and exactly. you Riley, are on the same page. Like yeah. you know, my whole life is just stay at home and I worked sales and I worked management like retail, but I never had any like formal education. Yeah. I like just Hanging around with my kids all day, but man, do I know a lot about geek stuff. Well, and you know, yeah. I think like, I went to college, but I went to college and got an English degree as yeah. opposed to a because, like, I am afraid of math. Yeah, <laughs> no, and you know, and I think that's one thing about all of the the purest geek and nerd culture is that I think if you are the purest part of that, you can appreciate anything. Like, I appreciate Doctor Who for what it is. And, and in fact, have very much wanted to watch some of the episodes or whatever else. But you have to carve out so much time. And, you know, if you got Stranger Things and I've got these other things to catch up on sometimes. This is why the human race doesn't advance. Too much good programming. <laughs> exactly. And so, but <laughs> I can appreciate binging. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I appreciate all of it. And I appreciate the sciences. And, I, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson's a huge hero of mine. Oh. And so. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, so I do well, love I do love the cop out. Ar- I'm teasing you, but I like the argument that you can't watch Doctor Who because of Stranger Things. Like, oh yeah, that show has been on for <laughs> well, show has been on for two uh, years. Unfortunately, 20, well, 20 episodes. That tells you that tells you kind of where I am in my timeline. You know, for just to put it up there, I also have two children and one about to be hatched. So, okay. um, yeah, I. I take it more of your time than Stranger Things. <laughs> well, well, and I only get to watch that at night for about an hour before I crash because I can't let the kids are too young really to watch it, and so and the wife usually falls asleep because now she's pregnant and and can't really do or can't really stay up late to watch shows like that, and so it's like okay, I've got forty five minutes. Can I get in an episode? I've only got forty five minutes. I can only watch one episode. What's it going to be? And, you know, yeah. So anyway, you are correct. It was a lame excuse. It was the only TV I'm show I could think of. I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing. I, I just like a show that's been on since 1963. Exactly. Is, is losing out to a show that's been on since last week. Last Maybe year? I felt like last I felt year. like I just can't keep, I can't catch up. It's too late. You know, it's too late for yeah. me. It's too late. It's never too late. It's time to have a show. Well, Matthew, yeah. do you have anything else? It's it's always there for you. Exactly. Yeah. There's always there's. Then it's not. There's no cop out. Yeah, I don't have an excuse at all. I, man, I'm running yeah. out. Of yeah, <laughs> Matthew. So, do you have anything else going on? Anything else you want to talk about before we get started? Uh, no, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll plug in my cosplay. I have been a Doctor Who cosplay for cosplayer. Sorry, for about eight years now. Um, Doctor Who has been a part of my life just as long. So I'm really eager for this one. Awesome. Matt's well, Matt's Matt Smith cosplay is one of the best. It's it's probably my favorite Eleventh Doctor cosplay, and he does he does such a good job. <laughs> That's really awesome. Does. Well, I, if yeah. it if it if it gives me any more uh, street cred, I do have a movie quality Mandalorian suit of armor. Um, that, that gives is, you a lot of cred. That is not of cred. It is Anywhere. not Boba Fett. It is not Boba Fett either. It's actually uh-huh. one of the EU characters. Um, but uh, and one that you don't see very much, Jester Mareel. I'll pat. I'll just go ahead and plug it. Google it. 
Nobody else knows who it is. But anyway, so now <laughs> that like every the, I like you seem to legitimately think your nerd credit is on trial here when I yeah, was right. you know, Stranger Things. Yeah, I mean, so much so I'm just gonna I've got to go. I'm gonna leave. Uh, I'm not I even gonna go. be. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I just nagged you off of your own podcast. <laughs> you did. Well, Monica, uh, Monica's you are in capable hands with Monica, so I'm gonna let turn this over to her and. You guys enjoy. This is a Doctor Who centric episode, so here we go. Thank you, Stacy. Appreciate it. Um, so sorry, I fake geek boyed you. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you can do it all you want. Now I'm not even going to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So I just want to do a quick recap of the season ten finale. Um, I just want to talk about how the season ended. So the season ended in a battle against the Cybermen, who were created by the Master. Bill being whisked away by the pilot. Nardo is left on his own. I'm not really sure what happened to Nardo. And Missy is cut down by her former self. The doctor. Nardo took care of the, the kids. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he took care of the kids, but he's still kind of left on his own. Um, and then the doctor's injured. He starts to regenerate and suddenly refuses to regenerate and ends up running into his former self somewhere in the South Pole and the first doctor. And what do you guys think about that? How did you feel about what was your overall impressions about the season 10 season finale? Well, uh, I guess we could start with whoever. Well, Riley, okay. I guess, I'll, I guess I'll go. I was a huge fan of that episode. Like I really liked it. I know that not everybody was, but like I, I thought that Peter's speeches in it about like kindness and like where he stands and where he falls and stuff like that was really one of my, I think emotionally is my favorite speech of his as a doctor. Cause I think it just, as much as I would say that like the speech in Zygon inversion was like him doing all the acting he could possibly do. I think that the speech in Dr. Falls was just like him summing up his struggle as a doctor so well that it just it resonated with me a lot. And then I also loved the way that it and I, I'm one of the rare people who really liked the Bill and Heather wrap up because I'm so used to gay characters just being killed off in storylines that like having them have this weird, bizarre, happy ending meant a lot to me. So I liked that about it. As far as the regeneration goes, I think it's gonna be more the meat of this topic today. Um you can definitely tell so like the this is a thing where you can kind of see the behind the scenes of the show working in a way. Cause like there was an article that Stephen Moffat said that he wasn't planning on doing a Christmas special this year, but like Chibnall wasn't ready to do it yet. And the BBC was like, well, maybe we just won't have one this year. And he was like, well, if we do that, we'll lose the spot. So we have to do a Christmas special. And so it felt like, it felt like they really could have had Peter regenerate at the end of Dr. Falls and it would have worked just right. fine. But because of this need to have a Christmas special and because they didn't have like at the time they hadn't even cast Jody yet and Chibna wasn't ready to take over. So this episode very much felt like a deleted scene from an episode that was stretched out over the course of a whole episode. Right. I like the way you put that. What do you think, Ashford? How are your feelings about the season 10 finale? You know, and I think that he was in the same situation as far as. I think Stephen Moffat wanted to buy out after uh, Husbands of River Song. So yeah, if you look yeah. at that, that so uh, to me, Series 10 almost seems like this Moffat has one foot in the door, one foot out. And I kind of have some issues with that, with the way Bill was written. Uh, as far as Bill being and the Heather ending, I, I love that just because I needed Bill to live. 
I just I, I needed that, so I didn't care what happened. Yeah. And I also thought that was kind of cool because I like when things in Doctor Who are beyond the Doctor's imagining. I like when he doesn't know everything the universe has to offer. Agreed. And, yeah, and I don't I don't know I don't know if you guys okay Rachel Talalay I guess the past three seasons plus this Christmas episode she's directed the uh, the penultimate episode in the finale. Yeah. She is scaring the heck out of me. <laughs> Every episode. Like, they're wonderful, but it, I am, like, disturbed by these episodes. So that's why I'm still sitting here kind of thinking about what my thoughts are about all of this. But I love Peter Capaldi. He's my Dr. 1B. I'm sorry to do a ranking system. 1B. I love, <laughs> I love Tom Baker. I tell myself if Peter Capaldi stayed... For just two more seasons, I would have made him my 1A. But I'm going to give up all of them now when uh, <laughs> when we get our new doctor. I think I'm going to toss all of them to the side and just love her instantly. So so just so you guys know, Ashford does a thing every Wednesday called Whittaker Wednesday. And he posts oh, nice. a picture of Jody every single Wednesday. It's oh, really great. I'm obsessed. But now <laughs> it's over because she's here now, so I'm not going to do that as much. <laughs> Well, you have until fall. Keep doing it until fall, at least. You know what? I think I'm going to do that now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to make More Jody. I, yeah, Ashford, I'm working on my Jody cosplay, so I'm with you. Okay, now here's the thing. I like cosplaying as uh, uh, Matt Smith and Tom Baker. I, I try not to worry about being screen accurate, but I'm going to work from here to now to uh be jody i'm just not going to do the blonde wig (laughs) because i i want to really like when i do my cosplay because dr who could be kind of a stealth geek so you you know like if you're dressed as spider-man you can't go to work as spider-man but you know a lot of dr who yeah A lot of the Doctor Who costumes, you can like, all right, yeah, I showed up to work with a 20-foot scarf. Hey, it's cold outside. I will say both Monica and I have both been out in public wearing our Spider-Gwen hoodies. So we both do cosplay as Spider-Gwen on in public. I need to start reading Spider-Gwen because every time I look at artwork, she seems she looks so awesome. So (laughs) I got to keep that in mind. Sorry, we interrupted Matthew. I'm sorry, Matt. So what? No, 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 no. I, I, I love, I love, I love listening to geeky people talk. It makes me so happy. Just the, the wild <laughs> tangents. But um, I loved season ten. Uh, Bill stole my heart from the get go. Um, but that finale to me was one of my absolute favorites because the Cybermen are my favorite villains. They are amazing. So to see them go from their essentially first, first incarn, uh, first iteration of the Mondasians all the way up to the uh, the newest ones, oh gosh, what were they in? The the ones with Matt Smith and the chess, uh, Mr. Clever, those iterations. Yeah. To see all of them, I thought it was this beautiful, like, tribute. Um, and, I'll, and I'll agree with, I, I believe, Riley, you said that the Christmas special felt like a deleted scene because it felt more like a recap of Doctor Who and a refresher and a reminder that, hey, it's going to change, but it'll be okay. Yeah. Which, like, the fandom kind of does need right now, unfortunately. It's kind of the same thing as when we switched over to Capaldi from Matt Smith. And we kind of had to have that episode that was like, hey, he's older and different, but it's okay because you can still love him. Yeah, and I have a, a, 
like I don't mind one episode of that. For example, when Jody shows up, like where they'd say, "Hey, it's okay that she rege- that the doctor regenerated into a woman," and they kind of throw it out there to kind of appease or to explain or whatever, just like they did with when Matt Smith regenerated into Capaldi, and people were like a little off about his age and things like that. But I hope it's not an ongoing thing. Like I, I hope they can just talk about it really quick and then let's get to business. She's the mm. doctor, and that's the end of it. I would right. love it actually if this time around they didn't do it at all if they they just went right into oh brilliant right that would be better i'm hoping that because we have a whole new group of companions coming in and we don't have any return characters it seems like i'm hoping that we kind of can just kind of start with her the way we did with matt smith and amy pond and just go from there Right. Right. Well, I mean, I always like because like with the Amy one, we had the Beast Below, where it was kind of a refresher. Oh, I'm this old. Oh, I'm you know the last of my kind. You know, not just a whole episode, but just more of letting people know. Oh, the Doctor is this. The Doctor can do this, and then just keep going with it. And that's yeah, kind of I totally agree. Because I started with Matt Smith, and my very first episode was you know with his little Amelia. Yeah. That was the first episode, so for me, like, those refresher episodes were like, oh, okay, so, like, what I didn't get, it was nice to have it explained to me. So, like, you know, we might have some new Doctor Who fans coming in, so it's kind of nice to have, like, that little refresher every once in a while. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I really hope, I feel like with Matt Smith especially, like you said, the Amelia one, I felt like the 11th hour was a really good, like, re, like a good entry point episode. Yeah. <laughs> Because we did for um, my my other podcast, we did like a series when we started of what, we, what I called Starter Kit episodes. And we basically picked a different episode for each doctor that was a great one to start a new person on with that doctor. And with um, Smith, we picked 11th Hour because it is like you see him regenerate in the very beginning. It's like here's this new guy. He falls from the sky. This little girl, he explains who he is to her. It's 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 like this madcap thing and is an adventure. And he tells the Atraxi exactly who he is at the end. Um, and it's like perfect. And then like Matt, you're right. When you go into Beast Below, you get like a very clear cut Doctor story where it's like, here is who I am and this is what I don't accept and stuff like that. It's just right. a great two pair episodes. So yeah, and, I would love if Jody's first episode, she was just the Doctor and just mm-hmm. like. I, I don't want them to spend any time apologizing to their audience for her being the doctor. And that's what I'm afraid of if they try to do like an explaining it. I hope they just go, no, she is a doctor and we're going to get right into it. I think we're going to get that. I think they're going in with confidence when you see uh, Jodie Whittaker's doctor about to fall out or she fell out of the TARDIS. You notice like things that fell out were it wasn't like the kitchen sink or anything like that. It was uh, papers. Like it was scripts, like it was the history of the show. And I'm not saying that they're going to be like everything that happened before this, we're wiping it away. But, yeah, I don't think they're going to do any type of apologizing for her being the doctor. I do like those moments when they do callbacks. I was very happy to see that they actually have real footage of the uh, Twin Planet uh, episodes. Yes. Right, right. You know, like when the show first came back, because I, I, I jumped into Doctor Who in 2012. So uh, Christopher Elkison, he's my first doctor. And, you know, at first they wanted to shy away from the past. It was like you were they were hiding their geekism or whatever. And then when the show got really popular, especially with Matt Smith, it was kind of like, you know what? I think it's OK to kind of 
reveal our past and to celebrate it. But I think from a BBC standpoint, I think that's a way you uh, help the show make money. So, you know, there's going to be so many kids go back and go like, you know what, let me check out that episode with William Hartnell. I I think they should stop. And also the audio series are nice because you get to go back and hear some of those doctors in the audio series. And, you know, some of them are still doing their uh, they're still doing their tenure as a doctor, but in audio. Like beautiful poem again. Oh, yes. Yeah. I just think it's good. The show works the best, I think, when it kind of strikes a balance, because like you do constantly do kind of need new viewers to come in like because otherwise you're going to always have dwindling audience. But I think it's sometimes that the show feels very inaccessible for new viewers. Like that's one thing that I always try to do is like provide people with a guide of when they can start watching or what order to start watching them in if they want to, because even with just the modern series now, we have so many years of show that it's hard for someone to even think about just jumping in with the 2005 Eccleston run. Cause like, Ashford, you just said that, and, like, think about that. That was 2012, so that was five years ago, you know? So it's, like, imagine now going in someone who's, like, trying to get it in from um, 2005 in 2017. Like, we're looking at, like, oh, that's that's 12 years of show. So, and not only that, like, the special effects and the quality of, like, the filming and everything is so different, so it, it turns people off sometimes. They're like, yes. oh, well, this is this cheesy or old or the special effects or the – they're so weird. And you're like, just hang in there. Like, it gets better. Yeah, I think that every – I think the show every few years needs to have a season where if a new viewer wants to start from that season, they can. And I think we got that with Matt Smith with the 11th hour. I think this past one with Capali kind of works pretty well for that with the show until about halfway through it when suddenly you're like, wait, who's Missy? Who are these people? Like what's happening? Um, So I I would love it next year with, with Jody because we, because we have a new showrunner and we have a new cast. I kind of really hope that next year is a great entry level season for brand new viewers because I really want to see our fandom grow again. And that's something I want to touch on um, a little bit later as well uh, when we talk about the regeneration. Um, but right now, I really want to see what you guys want, what you guys thought overall about the Christmas special. So I, I personally loved it. Like I said, it was a huge like lo- again. Uh, most of Capaldi's episodes and the bits here and there, it's him and Stephen Moffat giving their love notes to Doctor Who because we all know they're super fans. They have loved this their whole lives. And so this one having 12 and 1 go back and forth, just, oh, I, I, I fanboyed throughout the whole episode because the different personalities, how one is very dated in his views of people and 12's all like, you can't say that. We, uh, we, we don't do that anymore. We, uh, we can't do that at all. Um, and then, of course, having the Dalek show up and so all that and then, uh, the nice little, nice little tie in with, uh, Lethbridge Stewart just, yeah. Oh. It was, it was three it generations was of left bridge. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was just, it was, it was a beautiful love, like love letter to Dr. Who going over all of it, but it was a nice still standalone story. It was a good standalone story. I think like my thoughts are still boggling in my mind about this episode, but even with that going on, it was great television. The quality of the show just it's amazing. Now, the one thing I have is, you know, Gallifrey is an advanced society. 
I know that the first doctor, he was hanging around 1963 London for a while, but he shouldn't be a, a male chauvinist or yeah, I, I was kind of like, eh, but it worked for thing. this. Yeah. Well, to defend them a little bit on that, I think they did it too much. I think they repeated the same joke a couple times in a way they didn't need to. But there are issues with that in previous episodes of the show. Like in the Five Doctors, there's some issues with that. And also the Gallifreyans in general like were a little bit less progressive in like their portrayals on screen in previous times, like the Time Lords were. So I think this was Moffat trying to, as a meta way, reference those issues with the show in a way that like didn't always land in a way and was a little bit too heavy handed. And I think also one or two might've been funny, but it also felt weirdly time considering like the frustration Jody that's yeah. Cause there's like people who are toxic fans who are picking apart episodes, looking for examples of when the doctor, when the show is like demonizing people. And that felt like just giving them fodder in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think my I think my favorite reaction to this episode was there was no villain, there was no bad guy. When you actually think yeah. about it, no oh, one was, was a bad guy. Yeah. The doctor just realized, hey, I don't know everything, and this actually only happened because I was si- slightly self centered and egotistical twice in my life. And technically, <laughs> in this sense, I mean, if you're going to put it like that, the doctor is kind of the villain uh, because he caused this mess up. Right. You know, that that threw off the timeline and, you know, errors and whatnot. Um, But I also agree with that, Matt. It was so nice for me to have an episode of Doctor Who that wasn't heart wrenching because I feel like season nine and even some of season 10 was so heart wrenching. Like, I'm still very disturbed by the Missy Master like end scene where like they basically kill each other. Um, I'm still like my heart is still breaking from so much that's happened in Doctor Who that it was really nice for me to have an episode that was just nice and not see my kid cry. Like, you know, it was I feel like it was a very sweet send off for Capaldi. It wasn't like wrenching. He got his memories back from Bill, like about Clara. And I thought that was so sweet. And she did it with a cute little kiss. And it just helped me like say goodbye to Peter Capaldi without my heart breaking. And it was a lot easier to say goodbye to Peter Capaldi that way than like when I lost Matt Smith, because that was kind of heart wrenching for me too. Which, which I want to touch on because I'm, um, I feel like this is the first time I didn't cry so much for the doctor leaving because every doctor, their last moments, you know, going to 9, 10, 11 speech still breaks my heart every day. Um, 12 send off was not a like, oh, you got to change. It was a thank you note and a reminder note to himself for when he changes. Yeah. And I think that was so great. It was the first time the doctor didn't address him, the, the current incarnation. It was the doctor addressing the next one. Yeah. And I loved that. And like basically all of his future selves, like, like he's talking to the very idea of being the doctor. Right. He's talking to individual doctors. So my thoughts on the episode just, um, are that in general, I'm not a big fan of regeneration stories as much as I love Dr. Who. And I know what regeneration kind of is really important to the show. (laughs) I only slightly. Yeah. I feel like the regeneration stories are for one thing in the modern show. 
I feel like they're kind of in a bit of a rut where you kind of have certain things you have to do because it is such a big send off for the actor. So like you had at the end of the end of time, you had David Tennant go on his like whirlwind tour of every companion he ever had <laughs> or, or, or passed on the street at any point in his life. And then uh, with Matt Smith, you have this like return of Amy Pond and you have this like, like the good night raggedy man thing, dropping oh. the bow tie and giving his little speech that broke my heart um, <sighs> and then sneezing into Capaldi. And then, um, <laughs> and then this one, you kind of have this same kind of thing at the end too with Peter but for some reason, this one worked a lot more for me than they usually do. Now, I'm still someone who prefers her Christmas specials to not be regeneration stories and prefers it just to be standalone Christmas specials. But I will say, okay, after all that setup, because uh, I am, I'm probably the less loving it voice of this group in this in this chat. But I liked it, and I I think all the things you guys said, I don't disagree with. I loved having a sweet story for the Doctor. I liked having one where he's not fighting an evil villain. Um, I thought the humor was really clever. I thought that the concept was really good. So it was fine. And I think that's my feeling on it for me, is it was just kind of a fine episode. And it was a fitting send-off to Peter, but I think I stick to my original position, which is that it just felt like a very long deleted scene from the end of The Doctor Falls. And not and that that's a bad like thing. That, I really agree with you, Riley. I think that I it just feels like a little extended part, like like you said, deleted scene. Yeah, actually, our our mutual friend Mike uh, Mike Soko was saying today on Facebook that like he kind of felt like we've been saying goodbye to Capaldi for months now, and I kind of feel that way too. And I feel like this the marketing of last season really screwed that up by having that fake regeneration scene in the middle of the season, which really. Yes! Um, that made me angry, and then also having it be the beginning of the time again in world, and then again at the end of Doctor Falls, that book ended him regenerating. I'm so exhausted by Peter regenerating. But when Mike said, "Think about that," I agreed. And then my podcast co-host uh, Chan, he said this episode felt like a victory lap. And when he said that, I go, "You know what? That's how I accept it. It is. It is Peter's victory lap." It is yep. it is Peter and Steven's victory lap together. Yeah. But the the, and, the new the new who seems to love these fake regenerations. They did it with ten. They did it with yeah. eleven. I mean, it's it's at some point we need to stop. <laughs> I hate it. The thing that bugs me with the regeneration energy is like so he can just summon it because like River does it to save his life and let's kill Hitler, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden, like he heals um, River's arm in like oh the episode with the angels Angel, the angels, angels take, take, manhattan. take manhattan and you know he heals river's arms i'm like so he can just summon it whenever he wants he can just kind of fix himself up like like yeah he used it with you... uh davros in the magician's apprentice mm -hmm. right and so like i i would rather regeneration energy be just regeneration energy yeah like i get how they said okay well river used up all her lives to give the doctor his mm -hmm. like i get that okay she can't regenerate anymore but like so is the doctor using up his regeneration energy just just on the fly like what's happening i'm very yeah and they always kind of like cop out with that like it'll always be something like oh i may lose a life somewhere down the road and it's like their way of being like well no either some future will right like he said it with um davros like oh some future me and he also said it with um an extremist when he used it to try to restore his eyesight temporarily right 
but then it was fake because it was in a computer anyway so that like oh ha ha we don't have to worry about it but yeah i just yeah. i wish they would take regeneration energy a little more um seriously and treat it like it's a, a finite resource because yeah like at least moffat knew that he had to address the extra regeneration that tenet used and i'm glad mm-hmm. that they did address that but it's like just because you addressed it once doesn't mean you can just waste it from now on don't race your regenerations damn it yeah yeah oh, no, it's, I- it's like superman with the kryptonite like sometimes it's if he's 10 feet away from it, it can kill him and then sometimes it's <laughs> if i hold it in my hand just for 30 seconds i'm fine it just yeah. goes back and forth with how potent is it really Right. Yeah. And like, we don't yeah. really know what the, and I, I prefer them to leave things open. So I'm glad they haven't set a number again of how many regenerations that the doctor gets now with the right. new cycle that they got at the end of th- the uh, time of the doctor. But at the same time, it's like, does that mean the doctor just has unlimited energy now and can just use it whenever it matters? And yeah. Well, and then I think a lot of the reason with having the number and the regenerations, I don't think they thought the show was going to go as long as it did. So they just threw out a number like 12 regenerations, you know, not yeah. really thinking about it. It was just something some writer wrote somewhere in some writing room. And now it's a rule and now we have to address it. Yeah. And now I think that's why now they're not going to give it a number because like, look, we don't know how long the show's going to last and we don't know if some port is going to get rebooted again in the future. So we're just going to leave it blank for now. And that's and okay we, with me. I'm totally all right with that. Yeah. And I we don't know. If, answers, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, and we don't know if Jodie Whittaker is 13 or 14. And we don't know if uh, Peter Capaldi or Jodie Whittaker is actually the value. It's just these yeah. are things we don't want to bring up. Yeah. Oh man. Well, what I do want to bring up is Rusty. How did you guys feel about having Rusty come back? I was so happy that, about the surprise. I did not know about that one. I love being genuinely surprised because the show is so bad about revealing its guest stars before you know about them. <laughs> like The Master, for example. We knew John Sim was going to be back at the beginning of the season. Yes. So I would rather Rusty. not known that. <laughs> yeah, me too. It would have been a great surprise. Um, but Rusty, it was funny because I had just mentioned Rusty to my friend. We were watching it together, and I was talking about um, – so real quick digression, then I'll get into Rusty. So, like, there's a very distinct difference between the Doctor as Hartnell played him and the Doctor as every Doctor after him played him, Troutnell and, and onward. And, like, Troughton – did I say Troutnell? Troughton – plays the doctor as a hero in a way that Hartnell never did. And like Troughton has a line that was like, um, there's evils in the universe that have to be fought. And that's like the way the doctor is then defined from Troughton onward is that way. And I almost feel like, and I'm going to ask Moffat this at galley. If, if I get a chance to Q and a him, I almost feel like this was his way of retconning why the doctor changes so much between the first and second regeneration. Mm-hmm. Like that, what, what the first Doctor experienced in this episode is what made him decide to become a, a good man or a hero or whatever. Ooh. And that brings me back to Rusty because the other time we've seen Moffat address that point directly was in the Into the Dalek episode when the 12th Doctor is talking to Rusty inside his consciousness. And he says right. to him, like, I used to just wander and view the universe. And then I went to Scarlet and met you lot. And that changed me. And so it was so weird to then the next scene have Rusty be in that scene. <laughs> And, you know, what's funny is when um, when I saw him come into, like, whatever planet they were on, you know, where Rusty was, I instantly thought, like, oh, this looks like Scarrow. 
and I was watching it with my boyfriend and, and he mentions like, oh, those little, those little black things that are jumping around look like the Dalek outside of their shell. And all of a sudden, like there's Rusty and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder if those things were the Daleks he was shooting up and busting up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, my friend said the same thing, and I didn't see it as soon as he did. So uh, he's like, yeah, I think those things were the Dalek squids. I go, no, they w- oh, they were. They were definitely that thing. They were definitely them, yeah. So I, I noticed the Dalek things, but I didn't think of Rusty first. I thought of Dalek Khan, the one that, oh. the one that yeah, tricked I Davros. Because I was like, oh, he's been around so long. He hates the Daleks. He, you know, he sees time. Then I saw Rusty. I was like, oh, it's Rusty. That, way, that makes way more sense. Well, you know what's funny is that I thought, because they said Jenna Coleman was coming back, so when I saw the Dalek, I was like, oh my god, is it Jenna? Like, is it like, you know, because she said, I am not a Dalek, you are? And I was like, I was waiting for him to say, I'm not a Dalek, I'm human. Oh, oh yeah. And is so I, that's Oswin just my Dalek. first I have to say, yes. I thought yeah. it was the, um, I thought it was going to be the Oswin, because they said Jenna's coming back. Yes, exactly. Aww. I thought it was going to be Jenna coming back because I already knew she was going to be in this episode because, like you said, they announce it. Um, And so I was like, oh, this is where she comes in. This is amazing. And I was like, oh, Rusty's good, too. Like, that'll work. (laughs) I was happy with Rusty because I remember watching Deep Breath afterwards. I was like, you know, I don't know. It was it was so different from the Matt Smith era. I was a little unsure about it. And then Into the Dalek. It solidified that I love Peter Capaldi and nice. the fact that Rusty showed back up. I was like, I felt like I was rewarded. Nice. And then what did you guys think about like Clara coming back? So I, I love Clara. I have a special place for Clara as being, you know, an 11 cosplayer, but I admit like her course, they ran her storyline. I was happy with it, but I was happy. And this is going to sound really bad is that she only came back because of Bill. And I love that so much more. <laughs> Because it was Bill's like last gift. Like I know you lost somebody, but here they are. Here's the memories. This is to prove to you that memories are people too. Wow. And and that there really was no villain. You know? Right. Well, I think one of the reasons why I'm kind of unsure about series ten. It, I love series eight and nine so much. And Clara, she's my favorite modern Who companion. But I think when we saw Clara at the end, I it, it really didn't do anything for me. Uh, I, I really like Jenna Coleman. I like her as a character. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I was in a weird place. But I, I'm, I think I you am had glad just fallen in love with Bill at this point. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I enjoy both of them. But I, I don't know. It, I don't know if I needed that or – well, I am glad that Peter Capaldi, he went out getting that memory back. So, yeah, I guess I enjoyed it. What about yeah, you, Ray? I'm kind of on the fence about it too. Like I, I, I'm kind of with Matthew or Matt, where I'm like, I kind of feel like she ran her course and she was she was there for the time she was. She had a pretty long run. She had a pretty significant run. She got to be in the 50th anniversary special. She got to be up with two doctors. Like Clara got. She to had do like what, three Christmas specials. Yeah, and you know she got to do what she came to do. I my feeling on Clara was I always thought she was very underserved as a character in the Matt Smith era. I thought that mm-hmm. Oswin and Victorian Clara were so much more interesting than modern day Clara. Right. Um, I thought they I thought the best series for her was series eight, and then series nine was fun. But it, yeah, it just felt like they were kind of just like, well, this is just who the companion is, so we're just going to use her. Uh, and then it got so heavy towards the end of the series. But 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was sweet. I think him getting his memories back of her was very was very sweet and mattered. I hope that moving forward, the doctor is a little more reluctant to take memories away as a as a resort. I think it's a terrible move to do, and I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Bill so much that like I am kind of the same vote where I'm like, well, I just want Bill to be the companion for this episode, and. But I, I do think that the glass container element for all of them, like Clara, Bill, and Nardle aren't really there at all. They're just his memories of them. They're like echoes. Or, yeah. I like that because for me, I'm a fan of when the companions leave, of them just leaving and being done. And like, I I liked that they all got their goodbyes already. And so this was just a nice, this was kind of like a fancier way of doing Eleven seeing Amy walk across the TARDIS where it's like they're not really there you know I didn't really like Clara when she showed up with I loved Oslin I loved Victorian Clara I didn't like her after that with um you know modern Clara whatever echo that is um with Matt Smith and I it was hard for me to like love her I didn't actually start loving her until season nine I loved her in season nine and I really cared for her in season nine. And I thought her, um, uh, you know, in her death, the whole let me be brave and everything was beautiful. I think Sarah Dollar wrote that episode so freaking beautifully. And I would have been so happy if that's how she went. She went out. She was self-sacrificing. She, like, made a mistake. She owned it. She took it. It was such a brave ending. And I would have been so happy for her to just go there. Um, and then when she came back and, you know, she was, you know, flighting, she, you know, she ended up leaving on her own TARDIS, you know, the long way around going back to Gallifrey. I was like, yeah. OK, cool. She has a happy ending. That's fine. I was totally OK with that. I didn't really need her in this episode. I loved, like you guys said, like Bill's so great. And I liked her being like the head companion. And I think the doctor just knowing that Bill was OK and ended up OK was enough for me. I didn't really need Clara. Yeah, I can agree with that. And then, um, what about Mark Gaddis's character? What did you guys think about that? I love the no. reveal when we found out that he was Grandpa Lethbridge Stewart. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> and we talked about that. Yeah, three generations. That was really awesome. But like, what did you guys think about that storyline with the whole soldier and the Christmas armistice and all that? Well, the Christmas Armistice is a thing that I kind of realized when I realized they were about to do the Armistice, I was so excited because it is one of my favorite like stories of history. That is just such a cute, like cute's the wrong word, but it is a really <laughs> beautiful thing that happened. And it's also kind of tragic because like the rules of war and war became so much more brutal after that, that such a thing would never happen again. So right. it's weird. It's kind of almost interesting to use it as an example of like the goodness of humanity when like it's also an example of like the light and the darkness and then the darkness squashed that light out um but yeah it was really it was really interesting the the lethbridge stewart reveal didn't do as much for me as i think they wanted it to only because i pretty much called it from the very first trailer i was like oh this is gonna be lethbridge stewart's father like that's just kind of what i like this is gonna be alistair's father and i just kind of knew it but i was still excited about it because i love that family and i have a huge crush on kate stewart um so for me it's like oh if they're keeping the lethbridge stewart family in the show then hopefully that means that kate stewart will be back in next series 
plays right, out. Right. So. Oh, and I'm yeah. all about Osgood coming back because I feel like she needs to be a companion. That's just, I just loved her, but I don't know if I would love her with Jody as much as I loved her with Capaldi. So. Yeah. And I loved her with Matt Smith, too. Um, but yeah, um, I loved Mark. I loved Mark character. Well, I always love that he keeps popping up in Doctor Who because uh, he was first in a David Tennant episode. He's been in a Matt Smith episode. Now he's been in yeah. this one. Um, I just I love him as an actor. Um, I like uh, his role to go off off Doctor Who when he was in Game of Thrones. He was fantastic. Uh, his Mycroft. I just love his character. And it gave that nice uh, dynamic because I like how you know the doctor just starts being the doctor like, oh, you're World War One. He just keeps walking. And he's like, well, I tell by your clothes. He's like, no, no, no. What do you mean, one? And yeah, it's like that, that idea moment. of he's kind of like, wait, you mean like I'm gonna fight all this? I'm sacrificing all this, and it's gonna be the first of many. That kind of I love. I just love the emotion he had in that that scene in particular. I didn't I like even that know speech of- he gave to Bill when they're on what we think might be Scaro, when he gives Bill that speech about knowing he was going to die and accepting it. But now that he's been rescued, the idea of like going back to die just feels wrong to him now. And that was so heartbreaking, but like, so that was so Dr. Who in the show. Yeah, no, I really like that too. And like, um, I didn't know the story of the Christmas armistice. I actually had to like look it up and find out about it after the fact. And so that for me was a really cute Christmassy way to wrap up Christmas in general. It really made it feel like Christmas, you know, to hear them sing the Christmas song. I thought visually that whole scene with the war and everything was absolutely gorgeous. Um, so I, I was really, I really like that story. I like Mark Gattis's character. Um, I didn't need him to be Lethbridge Stewart family related type thing, but um, I'm glad that he was. It was a sweet little thing. A soldier so brave he doesn't need a gun. Right. And and that's he's the Doctor of War. I like that. I like. Oh, I like the, that too. Like at the very beginning, where it's like you're a Doctor of War. What do you mean by that? So we we're thinking a negative connotation. Then at the end, like. No, I'm this, uh, you know, excuse the phrase, a healer. Like, I'm, I'm here to help. So, yeah, the way that they wrap this up, um, like, I know, like, some people have issues with Stephen Moffat, but his ideas and, like, just what he's brought to the show and how he's heightening and put on another level, uh, it's, it's amazing. I, just the fact that this was on television, this is a family show and just the sophistication behind it and i i love this just uh to go back on the uh mentioning world war one the uh, the great war it reminds me of uh the wonder woman movie where it, it's very depressing how at that time they honestly believed or at least that's what we're supposed to think that this will be the war to end it because right. for them the weapons are so modern you're kind of thinking what could honestly be after this so right. it is. Uh, it's crazy how Doctor Who makes Christmas this kind of tragic, melancholy, scary type uh, moment uh, filled with happiness and drink and be merry. And and I think it, a lot of it has to do with the whole idea of love and even like love and you know finding that common ground with even your worst enemy. Like it could all bring it together. It just takes a little bit of kindness, which you know, it goes back to Capaldi's speech and his regeneration, which I want to talk about now is um, how did you guys feel about the regeneration? Can we stop blowing up TARDISes? Right? <laughs> I agree with you. 
Like, I understand, new showrunner, they want to change the layout, but do like all the other ones, just change the desktop setting. Stop blowing them up. <laughs> no, but did you, there was this part where it looks like the TARDIS is literally rejecting Jody and is, like, trying to shake her out of the TARDIS. Like, the I, I think that, the, 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 I the think TARDIS that, is an MRA. We didn't know that until today. <laughs> <laughs> I took that more as it was because of the explosion, but I think going back to the TARDIS, when the TARDIS was talking to Capaldi was that lovely moment of their ultimate, like, when it comes down to it, all companions will fade away, everyone else will disappear, but it is always the boy in his box, right. always together. Or well, the, just, girl, the girl I, in her box. The, the, the Wait, doctor, that wrong. Yeah. The, doc, the, 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 the doctor and, and his true love. That was a slow one to catch up on. <laughs> yeah. um, It'll always be the doctor and his box. Or hers. hers. Um, you're right. You're right. God. God hashtag. Um, so the moment that I really, I, I liked this regeneration, even though, like I said, this got, so I think I told you before we started recording, but someone spoiled this for me. Someone tagged me in a comment on Facebook of the video that was being put out by the BBC. So I actually ended up seeing the regeneration before I saw the episode. And yeah, I would have liked to have seen it in the context of the show, but um I like I love the sound choices. I love that bringing in that first season Doctor theme, the one that's kind of like Rose and Bad Wolf's theme as well. The, yes. the like singing that was a really nice touch. Um, I, I do love the oh brilliant line when she sees herself in the reflection. Um, I just and I like his speech. I thought it was really cute. I thought it was really um, moving. And like you said. I can't remember who said it earlier, but it was the the speech to the doctor as opposed to to himself. Um, and then also, the moment that really hit me the hardest was when the ring fell off of her hand. Yes. Because, oh my god, that moment. <laughs> because first of all, the ring in general is such a sweet thing about Capaldi because it's such an off an off care an out of character thing that Peter Capaldi always wears his wedding ring because his wife supported him when he was a struggling actor. And so he wears his wedding ring in every role in order to respect her. Which I think is so beautiful and part of why I love Peter Capaldi so much. He's such a wonderful person. Um but that ring dropping in character made me it, it's such a i think it's their way of saying that river is completely dead now like i, I that might just be my own read into it but like we came into series 10 off the heels of husbands and dr mysterio and in husbands we had him go with river to the you know to the singing towers and he said like everything ends and then he goes off with her for this like 26 year night together and was it 24 years? Whatever. And then in Dr. Mysterio, he's been gone for 24 years. So we know he's like spent that time with her and she's gone. And then at the beginning of series 10, she's in the picture frame as like a memory, you know, and Nardole is there to look after him because she's gone. Right. And so, and then, yeah, like and, she's. So, and they didn't bring her back for the Christmas episode. They didn't do the tour of companions or whatever. She's the only one that's not there. Yeah, and so she's like, her, she's so present in series 10 without being there to where you're like, oh, he's grieving her because she's actually dead to him now. Um, and so then to have that ring fall, it kind of felt like this might be, this is me reading way too much into it at this point, but 
Capaldi's doctor is the last doctor she saw. So after this face, and I don't think it's because it's a woman. I think it's because it's the next face. I think it's that we will. I don't, I don't think we're going to see her again unless she comes back for like a special years and years down the road. But that's a lot to read into that one thing. But that's what it felt like to me. It felt like the doctor was now finally moving on or whatever. It was really weird and poignant and, and it's such a strange detail. But that, and that she was put, also um, a Moffat character. He created her in, you know, library. Oh my God, yeah. Why can I think of it? He, in, you know, the library episode. of his run of, of being the creator of the showrunner, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just felt like a very, it felt like a very subtle and kind of touching way of handling that detail, in my opinion. But sorry, sorry to linger on that one detail for so long, but that was just something that really stuck out to me. Every time I've rewatched it, I like fall, I've watched that ring fall and I've been like, Oh, so right. Yeah, that, no, that detail is uh, spot on. And the, the first time that any other writer wrote for river song is in the big finish audio place. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, I noticed that too. I remember going back and looking through and being like, did anybody else write? Because you know, it's interesting. I brought up Kate Stewart. And even though Kate Stewart is a character that was introduced as a child in the old Doctor Who, um, Chris Chibnall's the writer of the episode that she was introduced in, which gives me, really, three. gives me a lot of hope that she'll be back in his run. But yeah. Oh, that'd be uh, nice. Well, because like I think we mentioned earlier, yeah, I, I think you, I think Ashcroft, Ashford, you said that. Moffat only came back to write this, this season because they needed him to, and he was going to leave before that. And at the time, I think when he wrote Husband's River Song, I think he really felt like that was going to be his last episode. Yes. And so it felt like a perfect bookend to Moffat's tenure as the showrunner, because even though the library episodes are in a Russell T. Davis ear, it was still him laying and laying tracks for his time running the show. Right. He was seeding right. his own time because he already knew. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So sorry. I, I know I just rambled a lot on about River, but it just it just no, seems no, like a great, great. Yeah. Here's something cool about the regeneration and the reveal that Jodie Whittaker was gonna play the doctor back in the summertime. In the summer you see her kind of walking through the woods or whatever and she finds the TARDIS. So you're like, Oh, okay. Now we realize, yeah, I think maybe in the first episode she has to find it. Oh she was I didn't ejected even put that together. TARDIS. Yeah, I thought about that while driving, but I wasn't texting. <laughs> I hope not. No. What about you, Matt? Um, I, I, I the said I, the raindrop. Oh, it was. I thought it was a touchy moment. Um, I definitely see the river part because it was his. I mean, it was his wife, and I agree with you. It, he is the last face River got to see before her end of her timeline. Um, and so it is a nice little goodbye. I think it's a double goodbye of Moffat saying goodbye too, because like you said, this is his last episode, and he's ending an era because yeah, he's been the head show runner for five seasons. Is that right? Has he been around five six. years? Yeah. Six. Six. Six is the he- yeah, three, six. Three, three, three for three for eleven and three for twelve. Right. So he's been on for six, but then again, he's been writing since two thousand and five because his first episode was the uh, one Andy that introduced. Child. Yeah, that introduced Captain Jack. So, like, yeah. he's been writing and weaving in stories for years. So I think this was his goodbye, too, that nice little ring drop. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that ring being Moffat's being dropped out. That's a really good point. 
love and Murray Gold. Yeah, and then Murray Gold, Gold is probably why they use the old theme because exactly. Murray's leaving, so they use the theme right. from the original. I didn't even think about that. Oh my god, I, I didn't know that. And unfortunately, yeah. maybe Rachel Talley may not return either. So I hope that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. I do so too. I mean, I this is a bunch of goodbyes. And then, um, so what do you guys, as far as, you know, I, I'd like to wrap up the episode in this, like, what are your hopes and predictions for, for season 11? I want a crowded TARDIS. I want to see <laughs> Jodie Whittaker go to Gallifrey and address the High Council. It can be a telling off. I said in address. No, no, no. Address, no, no. Address the High Council. So, um, I just, I look, I love Gallifreyans. I love Time Lords and Time Ladies. So I, I would like to see more of that. And um, I would also like to see Sarah Dollar return, but we may not get that. So. No, I love her. I it's going to be her. interesting because they said that I think that I, I they're already writing, it, of course, because they're already filming the first episode. We've seen some shots from it, but it seems like for the new series, they're doing more of a writer's room with less episodes and longer episodes so i'm really looking f- I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out because i'm going to be bummed to only get 10 episodes instead of the 12 but at the same time i also really like that they're going to be an hour long now instead of only the the 45 minutes because i like i think there's so many episodes of this show that just need another 10 minutes to make the story come together and feel really rushed at the end so I, I don't really have any hopes yet for storylines or for villains or anything like that. Um, but I do have hopes that we'll, we'll see maybe some of the things that have become kind of common gripes about the show will maybe get a little bit tweaked and adjusted with this new regime, sort of. Like what, for example? Just- well, like I'm saying, like episodes that that feel rushed at the end because they're running oh, okay, out of time okay. to wrap it up. And yeah, also yeah. I do think that every season does kind of have a couple episodes that feel like filler that aren't very good episodes and kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth for the overall season because of that. Like um, the case in point was this season wasn't so bad for that, but the season before that episode, you know, say what we want about how great Mark Gatiss is as an actor. I'm never a big fan of his episodes when he's writing them. I'm sorry, Mark. Um, but like I, that sleep no more episode was so atrociously oh, bad, God. and I hated, I hated it so much. And then um, even this season, I didn't love the Empress of Mars episode, and it felt like it could have picked up out of the season and not mattered at all if it was gone. Yeah, no, um, I completely agree with that. So I'm hoping that with this shorter episode order and the shorter episode length, that we might shave off those bad episodes and also shave off the or, or we will give people the ability to kind of tell a full story and not have it be so choppy at the end. What about you, Matt? Any hopes or predictions? Uh, I don't. I don't have predictions for it because uh, I mean, I, I could say I want this, I want that, I want that, and it's not going to happen. Um, I just want more Doctor Who. Yes. As like as like an avid comic book reader, I just want more. And not all of it's going to be good because I agree there were bad episodes, but I love having it there. I love seeing it. I love just you know hearing that intro, seeing the names flying through the time stream. Just every Saturday just gives me that like relief and joy that I need, and I need more of it again really soon. Um, I agree with that too. Like, yeah, I don't like. There's some episodes that I absolutely hated, like you know the Sleep No More and stuff like that. But if I just had an episode of Doctor Who to watch, I'd be happy. Like the long breaks are killing me. Like, can we yeah. just run it? 
you know? Yeah, I hope we get a few just back-to-back seasons and no more of these, like, years off in between shows, because I, I, I can't do this all the time. Yeah, no, I agree. I'll be really happy if it's just back-to-back shows. That is my only hope, is that we just have continuous seasons in, like, a normal TV scheduling-type schedule, and yeah. I'll be good with that. And I want and more I- of, of Jody's big, guilty grin, because that was so yes. much fun to see. Oh, she's and cute. I- yeah. And I need uh, a doctor that can be there for three to seven uh, seasons. Person. Yes. Three to seven. Minimum yes. three. I, I want at least four because, like I said, I, I said I'm not a big fan of regeneration stories. And I'm also not a big fan of having to spend so much time building up to regeneration. Like, I just want the doctor to be fun and be the doctor and enjoy being a doctor for a while. Right. And, and I feel with every doctor, it always takes one season to get their groove to who they are. Because like if you go back to Matt Smith's first couple episodes, they're good doctor episodes, but they're not eleven. The right. first the first He's couple twelve right. the first kind of twelve episodes they're great doctor stories, but they're not who twelve is yet. So like I want us to get into who you know find out who Jody is and then just run away with her because I would be okay with that. Yeah, I love the way you put that run away with her. <laughs> Lots of running to do. I want to run away with her. well i i think that's a good uh place to end i just want to thank you guys again we put this together last minute and i just want to thank you so very very much for coming on tonight um if you guys want to uh share your social media um you know information or any kind of podcast information feel free to do that now well this is ashford and an easy way to reach me is on twitter at so gallifrey like at so gallifrey and if you don't do twitter you can go to writeonnetwork.com to catch all types of lovely programming like straight out gallifrey a doctor who podcast where we focus on doctor who episodes that feature other time lords as well as the doctor of course this is Riley, and uh, I am on Twitter at Riley J. Silverman, and I'm also on Instagram at Riley Silverman, and also I have a cosplay Instagram at The Curly Doctor. And I forgot to mention earlier that in addition to writing for Sci-Fi Fangirls, I am also the head writer for a comedy podcast on the Max Fun Network called International Waters, and it's actually an American versus British pop culture comedy podcast, and it's actually really fun to write for, and I thought it might be right up the alley of people who are Doctor Who fans listening to this podcast, so check that out as well. Um, and I am not a Twitter person, and I am not a podcaster really, but I am a diehard cosplayer. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Bad Moose Cosplay. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows, why don't you head over to templegeek.com. There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you for joining us for this episode, and we will see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.